Cool. Well, I mean, what's the score in the Houston game anyway? It's still nothing, nothing, 17th minute. What network is that on? That's on FS1, same as New York and Toronto. Oh, it was a doubleheader on Fox. That's yes. nice. And Good to know that there will actually be soccer on Fox Sports. And tomorrow That's... is New York and Columbus? Yes? No? Yes. New York and Columbus is tomorrow. Yes, you are correct. And then we don't get games again until Thursday. Don't quote me on that, I'm pretty sure. All I know is I'm excited for the Champions League tomorrow and Wednesday. Yeah, who does Liverpool play? Uh, we play that team from Slovakia or not Slovakia. Now I'm just talking out of my head. Um, I know you guys. Who do you guys play? We play. Is it Benfica? Don't Where is Benfica? Where is Benfica based out of? Is the real question. Portugal. Ah. Uh, I believe Lisbon. Ho- I believe Lisbon. Future home of Kyle Lahren, I'm quite sure. He's going to Portugal. Mer- He's going to either Portugal or Portugal one of those top ten leagues. There's no way that he's basically come I, out and said. Wasn't the rumor forever that, he was going to go to Everton? There was a rumor at the start of the season, and right now I'm pretty sure Everton would take pretty much anybody. But after losing he, Lukaku, of course. Well, and the fact that they're just terrible this season. They're yeah. in a relegation battle right now, which would be devastating. Oh, yeah. So and Sutherland's Liverpool, already in relegation battle in the championship. Which, that's Sunderland. They're, they're... It, 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 it's Sunderland. Do any American players still play for Sunderland? I don't think so. I don't believe so. I don't think we really... The only American players I know of in the Premier League are... Yedlin. Cameron, Yedlin and Cameron Vickers. And Danny Williams. Matt Miazga's still for Chelsea, technically. He, he's uh, on loan, which, which can be said where? for half of Chelsea's player base. Matt Miazga, who is more than likely going to get a call up, but... Yeah, he's on loan to he's Vitesse. In, which, which is in is, the Dutch League, I believe. Yes. That was another consideration for Kyle Lahren, but again, he's not staying at Orlando, and that's fine. It, he it's, served. It's, after his rookie season, he was basically No, lazy... he had a strong he had a strong second season, but his rookie season was incredible. I mean, it was on par with one of the best rookie seasons out there. And then after that, he was he was basically Balotelli. Oof. A, lazy, lazy pl- oh. a lazy player who just walked around that final third waiting for that one moment of brilliance. Yeesh. Throwing it down. I'm, I'm just calling him like it is. Yeesh. Well, I mean, I don't know. Anyways, um, Liverpool is playing Maribor, which is from Slovenia, 
or Slovenia. But. We're not here to talk about the Premier League. We're not here to talk about MLS. We're not here to talk about Slovenia, but or Slo yeah Slovenia S L O V E N I A with about ninety five thousand inhabitants. Huh. Today I learned. No, that's the city of Maribyrn. Is, is that a today I learned? That is in Today I Learned, and this is ASB, the American Soccer Broadcast, and I am Alex Ryder, coming to you live from Southwest Florida. Are, are we still live if this is being recorded? Yeah, I mean, it's a recording, but we're still coming to you live. Anyway, this is Jordan Hawkins coming to you, quote-unquote, live from... Indiana. You had to think about where you are because you're you've been hopping around so much lately. Yeah. Hopefully, it's not a bad around. thing. It's it's not a bad thing, but I like, you know, establish somewhere. Hopefully, that will be somewhere else soon. Hopefully, in Michigan, near your dear Lansing. Yes. Well, uh, okay, we're here. We're American Soccer Broadcast, ASB. I'm just going to keep saying it until it sticks. But why are we here? Why are we in our... I'm not in my bedroom. I'm in my office, which... I don't have a catchy name for my office, and I've lived here for three years. My house is called The Cookie. The Cookie? Yes. Why? Why haven't you told me this yet? Because I don't tell a ton of people this, but yes, my house is nicknamed The Cookie because my neighborhood, Don't Be Creepy, is a is named after a certain brand of cookie. Is it, is it Otis Spunkmeyer? I've never even heard of that. But Never mind. No, and no, it is not Famous Amos. Oh, and no, that's this podcast, And no, this podcast is not brought to you by Famous Amos, but... If the people of Famous Amos want to contact us, we have sponsorships. We'd be more than thankful. Yes, we like money. Anyways, we are here to talk about U.S. soccer and the state of U.S. soccer and tell Which the story. sucks of... right now. Sorry. But there's hope. We know. We're, we're sad. We're, we're, we're wearing sackcloth and ashes. I'm in my office. You're in your bedroom with your wicked Basement. poster. Basement. Like, like it matters. It really doesn't. It's, it's I miss having basement. I, I really miss having a basement, though, to be completely honest. But we are here to talk about the state of U.S. soccer, both... <laughs> when it comes to the leagues of our fair country and to more importantly talk about the national teams both the men's and the women's although right now we don't have really much to talk about with the women's because they just keep winning friendlies all the time yeah i mean those friendlies against korea were just slaughters to be honest yeah, yeah but that's basically what south korea does is they come here to get beaten that was harsh. Am I wrong? <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. And the funny thing is, we're putting the kids out there. We're not even putting the World Cup team out there. We're putting a lot of kids out there yeah, to see, okay, are they going to play? We don't have... Yeah, we're just putting out... We're not putting out those... The Rapinos, the... 
Carly Lloyds, the Crystal Duns. Huh. If only the men's team could learn from that. And you know what? It sounds like they will. And but why that's, are we? That's why we're here to talk about. Yeah, why are we here, Jordan? Why did we decide to start a podcast again? Because, <clears throat> because of the agony that we all experienced the night that the men's national team played in Trinidad and Tobago. Now, that we're what, three? It's Monday night. No, it was Tuesday October, night. Yeah, I know. It's October 30th right now. That match was a little over three weeks weeks ago. Yeah, it was three weeks ago tomorrow. I was in at Stevie Tomatoes Sports Page in Fort Myers, Florida with American Outlaws, Fort Myers, and I have never seen so many grown men cry. It's... I I was one of them. Yeah, so I was... I I threw my hat on the ground. I, I knocked a chair over. When Dempsey went hit the post in the seventy fifth minute, I I knocked a chair over into a bunch of Colombian fans that were sitting behind me. They they were much more excited that night than we were. Well, that's because they're at the top of their qualifying group, are they? No, that's Brazil. They were yes. they were close. Colombia was no. Colombia was actually in danger of not qualifying, and they won their match, and everything went right for them. Yeah. Unlike the United Unlike States, us, which the we had three percent chance of not qualifying that night. Wow, was it really at three percent? It was three percent. We had to lose, and Panama and Honduras had to win their games. Which just kind of, it went downhill. We went into the half down 2-0. As soon as the half ended, I, having stated in the 35th minute after the second goal, which no matter what you say, that goal was brilliant that, by that Trinidad was a and Tobago. Goal. Can't argue with how brilliant it was. It was beautiful. It's just not beautiful for us. I stated to everybody in the group that if we didn't score by halftime, I was going outside and putting on my onesie that was still in my car. Little backstory about the onesie. Four days earlier in Orlando, Florida, I had taken the day off, driven up to Orlando, and worn a fleece onesie to the U.S.-Panama game where we won 4-0 to courtesy of Two goals by Josie Altador, a goal by Christian Pulisic, which was at an impossible angle, and a goal by Bobby Wood in front of a sold-out crowd in Orlando, Florida. Which was amazing, by the way. It was it, it was one of the coolest things I have ever seen. It was one of the best sports memories I will ever have, and unfortunately, it is tarnished. It is tarnished by the... What happened four days later? In a much smaller stadium on an island just in the Caribbean Sea. Which, can I, can I just say this? That game, if you'll bear with me, will be the opening scene of the movie that tells 
the story of U.S. Soccer's return to glory at the 2026 World Cup. Return to... I mean, I, just it, co- it, I don't, return to glory is a ambitious term. No, I wouldn't say it's an amb- it's an ambitious term. I'm the one that keeps I'm I too made that bold statement that night and I agree with it. Problem is we can't call it a return to glory. Not to be a nitpicky dunce, but it's we've never had glory. We've never won the World Cup. We can't we can't be like England who hold on to 1966 like it was the day of our lord england will always hold on to that and england the england youth have won two championships in the past year just just this week the under 17s won the under 17 world cup granted the u.s made a quarterfinal run that's got beat by that england team which was one to nothing, if I remember correctly. Four to one. Four to one. I'm sorry. That's okay. It was one nothing when you turned it off because you knew it was over. Yeah. But, but if you if you'll bear with me and indulge my inner Christopher Nolan, <laughs> that and, o- and, that opening scene when at the Trinidad and Tobago. We will see shots of the goals from Panama and Honduras. You'll see shots of Panama and Honduran fans celebrating their World Cup and Panama's first ever World Cup brought to them by the wonderful man that is Roman Torres, which I am told that a stadium has already been named after him. Really? Yes. They named the... Immediately, they named the stadium in Panama after that. Him. That is what I heard during yesterday during the Seattle Vancouver match. I'm googling Roman Torres Stadium, and then you will see a shot of a distressed and devastated Christian Pulisic. Oh, and the only thing you will hear like is the sound that. You hear when your ears are ringing. That sound will ca- will continue when we see shots of Bruce Arena responding to the media, um, and we go from there. Where we go from there is has yet to be determined. I feel like this this is very similar to the opening scenes of. Miracle on Ice. I love that movie. But yes, I agree that there is definitely... This is definitely the starting point. This it, is it, this, this is going to be like a phoenix rising from ashes. I That does sound ambitious, but... You can't if, help but feel hopeful. I feel hopeful. I, I don't get me wrong. There were two weeks of sad naps and every time anybody would bring it up, I would just groan. Like I, I have people that I didn't know knew anything about soccer. Look at me and say, Oh, the U S missed the world cup. That's bad. 
And I had one person say, maybe next year. And I just grunted and groaned and walked away. There's no next year in international soccer. It's 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 four years. Four and in four years, years. you're going to have a World Cup in a country, a desert country, that is about the size of Rhode Island. But that's a different conversation for a different day. Yeah, pending that it's still there, which is, again, another conversation for another day. I don't even want to talk about where the 2022 or 2026 World Cups are going to be. I want to talk about how we're going to get there, how we're going to go from missing the first World Cup in both of our lifetimes to getting back to the World Cup and winning it. And that's what, that's what this Phoenix, I, I love, I love your term, what this Phoenix is going to become. And that's why you and I said, let's strap on some headgear and talk about this. Where do we start? And you know where we started? Bruce Arena did the best possible thing for U.S. soccer. Absolutely. Instead, instead of being fired, he resigned. And we need to acknowledge that. We need to acknowledge that this isn't his fault. He took a blunt of the brain, blame for the overall missing of the World Cup, but he is not the only one to blame. His coaching, he, he coached as much as he could with what he could. Could he have called up some different players? Yes. We won't, we couldn't sit, we can't change the past anymore. We can only look and say, okay, how can we change this in the future? And you say we can't change the past. I, he, sh- he should still be remembered of where he got us in the 2002 World Cup in Korea and Japan. The only reason that MLS was able to expand, the reason right. that MLS expansion resumed... The only reason that the USL was able to grow and become what it is today. The only reason that the game, so many stadiums have sprung up throughout the country in the last 15 years since that, since that World Cup. So we, we can't just trash him for that. No. I agree with you on that. Will it tarnish? Does it tarnish his reputation? Absolutely. Does the, but the people whose reputation is going to be most tarnished, is the players who were leading this team. Right. Clint, especially the older players. Yes. Like Dempsey, Dempsey, Bradley, uh, Howard. Altidore. They're they're not going to get another World Cup. No, the person who I feel them, they're not going to get another World Cup. Clint Dempsey will never play in another World Cup. Josie Altidore will never play in another World Cup. Jordan Howard will never play in another World Cup. But the per- I don't feel bad for them. They may they played subpar for their with their experience against and complained about a pit a broken pitch. Which How was, many times you can't complain when you can't complain about a flooded pitch when 
Belgium played Bosnia and Herzegovina on a potato field. No, we can't. And that was just the surface of the Taylor Twelman rant. That was just the beginning of it because you we can't complain about the field. We can only complain about what we did on it. And and you can't complain about oh it was hot, it was humid. I was at the Orlando Orlando City Stadium four days earlier. It was hot and humid. I was wearing a onesie. They played fine. Regardless, we can't make excuses. We can only make changes. And the first change that we need to make, and I can't believe that we're still having this conversation three weeks later, is we need a new person at the top of USSF. We need a new U.S. soccer president. I mean, it's it's shameful that we are having this conversation because Gulati is saying there's nothing we need to change. There's nothing that's wrong. That right there is the definition of insanity. Clearly there's something wrong when you fail to qualify for the World Cup in a qualifying system that was almost designed for you and Mexico to make it to the World Cup. And that's the problem, is we we have so many opportunities. We had so many opportunities to make this World Cup. And because of the change halfway through, I th- I honestly think that the change halfway through didn't help. There was a complete change in direction halfway through the hacks that did not help. I don't, I'm not saying that Jurgen would have gotten us through, but I'm saying that it did not help our cause. Granted that we could also complain that some of the stadium selection was less. It may have seemed like it because Jurgen was actually, or not Jurgen, uh, Bruce was actually leading the team to draws and wins instead of losses. But he was still dropping points. He, he was still dropping points. Granted, Less points than Jurgen did, but. Granted, it's hard to get three points at Stadio Azteca. Okay, that should be the biggest memory we get out of this hex cycle it was michael bradley's goal yes. michael bradley's goal was the only reason he got he got called up the rest of the hex but the, the, only qu- reason. the question is where was that quality of play that they showed in azteca and trinidad and tobago where was that intensity where was that ability? it wasn't there it, it wasn't there it wasn't the same team Part of the and I mean, that's you can say that it, it was it was the same players. It was a completely different team, a different mentality, different level intent, a level of intensity. You should be able to go into Trinidad and Tobago if you're going to be able to go to the World Cup and perform and beat that team at least at least by a goal or two. 
Yeah. Even get a draw. Getting and a. I think what the problem was. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not speaking for the players or Bruce, but maybe it was possibly that you go into Azteca and you're prepared for that environment, that level of intensity that Estadio Azteca brings. And you go into go in there to play to win. And that's what they should have brought to Trinidad and Tobago. You win and you're in. That's what they should have done in Trinidad and Tobago. And it was in our hands and we gave it up. We can't blame Panama, we can't blame Honduras. It was in our hands and we dropped it. And so the play and the two biggest people to blame are the players for dropping the ball and not playing the full 90. And that goes for 10, 10 of those players on the field. The 11th took the entire country on his back and tried to tried to make it up. And his name is Christian Pulisic. And I was going to say, best... I know exactly who you're talking about. And he is the best thing to happen to U.S. soccer since Landon Donovan. And he's not going to play in a World Cup for five years. He He's in his prime, and he's not going to play in a World Cup for five years. And that's a shame. That, missing this World Cup is devastating to the development of the younger players. To Pulisic and Yedlin, to uh, you can you can you can throw Nagby in there, uh, Morris, Ariola. These players are not going to yeah, be able to play in on an international stage like the World Cup brings. And one of the reasons why that happened is because. Galati didn't put emphasis into getting those those same players who came who just came up in the past three two or three years into getting them playing time and he also didn't put any effort into getting those under 23 teams to pl- play in big tournaments like the Olympics we've missed the Olympics two times in a row because we don't put strong teams out there. That's one of our biggest problems. This whole group is has not played in the Olympics in eight years. And now these players in the Honor 23 are coming up to the senior team without that experience of playing on a huge stage. And that's why only the ones on in the, we won't get into the MLS versus Europe debate today because we only have so many hours in a day, but to bring it all back as we've kind of gone off on several tangents, I'm more guilty of this than anybody, but it's all about the the leadership at the top. The leadership at the top didn't do enough. He's too. Galati is too focused on making MLS happy and on making 
sure that he gets this 2026 World Cup bid. He was too focused on the Copa America Centenario. We need to focus on the things that truly matter. And that's not what's happening at at the top, necessarily. It starts at the bottom. It, it, it starts with player development. And this, this gets into play to pay to play which I don't know if we'll get we'll get into this right now but would you agree with the statement that that MLS serves the national team no yeah MLS serves the national team the national team of every Central American team every Central American team that we played in the hex and in qualifying before that when we were scared we were even going to get into the hex all those teams had a lot more quality MLS players than in years past and that's because more MLS teams are looking for more players down there and it's creating more competition for those players to grow it. MLS isn't a small league anymore. MLS no. isn't a lack of quality league anymore. We have lots of young, talented players that otherwise wouldn't have the opportunity to play at such a level because they're playing in smaller leagues in smaller countries. But does but does it go go for the same for the top European leagues, the La Ligas, the Premier Leagues, League Uns, Bundesligas. Yes, and that's what we're doing. That's what happens with our players, is our best players end up over there, as opposed to we, we are to Central America in many ways what the Premier League is to South America and the United States. The, the mentality of our American players is that they should be they should, they should want to play in the best leagues. The best leagues that are available that, that to are their available talent to them. level. Yes. Yes. And, and right I, I've now, said this to you before. Mm-hmm. I was sad to see him go. But playing in the Premier League and the and the Championship has done wonders for DeAndre Yedlin's talent. Same thing for Christian Pulisic. Same thing for Christian Pulisic and Bobby and, and, Wood, Kevin yeah. Carter Vickers. There's there's all these players. We've got Matt Miazga that's coming up. He's playing in, like we said, the Netherlands, right? I think it. would there, he, he played PSV. That's the Netherlands, right? I believe so. We can fact we, check we, that we can, later. We can check that later. Well, but the point still stands. Is the, old, the point still stands that if you want to advance your football ability, your talent, and 
you should want to play in the best leagues that are available to you. And do it for the right reasons, and, too. And do it for like, the right reasons. The ri- I honestly think, though, that for players such as Jordan Morris, for example, who had the opportunity to play in Germany and was called upon to be a leader in Germany, and he decided not to, not because he couldn't play there. He could have easily played there. He did it because he wanted to be home. I honestly think he couldn't have survived as a professional soccer player in Germany. Well, well, not not, not as... because of because of his talent, because of his personality. Not yeah. everybody not, not can everybody survive can... over there. No. It's, it's, a, it's a different it's a, environment. It's being away from home. It's it's a culture change. Yeah. It's a diff- he's, it's different culture, different language. And exactly. It's it's difficult. But which is which if, is if you're why going, if you're mm-hmm. going to grow as a player and as a human being, you should be you should put yourself in difficult situations because that's how you grow as a person and as a player. And if you're able to overcome those things, you become greater, which is why we're, we've, we're getting a generation of European players or we've had players that have been in Europe and come back. It's the trend of we send players over and either they do well or they wash out and they come back. It's a, it's a send and come back. MLS is a send and come back league. Mm-hmm. For example... This is a great example. No one remembers Breck Shea anymore. We Except in, for Vancouver. And Orlando. Orlando, Orlando. Orlando loved Vin, of loved him. He was great. To he was a personality on the field. Was he a he a scourge to the locker room? Yes. That's that's a whole different story. But what he was was a player that succeeded in Dallas, came out of the Dallas Academy, and succeeded so much that he got called up, was the hero of the 2013 Gold Cup, and he's the one that the reason we won the 2013 Gold Cup. Now, did we do anything with that Gold Cup? No, because we we lost the 2016 or Playoffs. the 20. The 2015 playoff, so didn't matter, which meant we couldn't play in the Confederations Cup in this this past summer, which is one of the many reasons why we weren't able to make the World Cup. But anyways, um, my bitterness aside, we he was one of those players that washed out of the league. I wasn't even planning on talking about him, but seeing him play last night made me think of him again. He washed, he got bought by Stoke City and played for them, then got loaned to a championship club and washed out there because he didn't fit into the culture. Not every one of these players has to go over. If the culture fits, go. If the culture doesn't fit, do what is comfortable to you and what you can succeed in. And not all of those players are going to end up getting called up. You, we've got plenty of MLS players that are succeeding and getting called up and putting in quality time. Some of them are playing well because they're 
older and probably shouldn't be playing for the national team, but we leaned too much. I would argue we leaned too much on experience this this cycle. I mean, that that is, I would definitely agree with that statement. We we lean too heavily on Michael Bradley and Clint Dempsey, and. And Let me I, ask you I, this. I, I've, I've said this to you before. Yeah. At the at the halftime at the Trinidad and Tobago game, Michael Bradley should have stepped up as a leader. He should have emulated Stephen Gerrard at at the Champions League final in Istanbul, and say. Two thousand five, baby. And say, we need to win this. Let's get the, a goal. The, the, let's the, score a goal. Let's, let's start. Let's get a goal. Start this off, and win this game. And and I know not everybody can be Stephen Gerrard as a leader, but as a captain, you wear that armband, and that armband comes with responsibilities. And, and there was zero evidence of that. Right. Christian Pulisic literally willed the ball into the goal. Right. Now, should we say just because Clint Dempsey's shot was six inches off target, should we say tear everything down, switch everything? No, no, no. but it calls into question that there are changes that need to be made. Failure requires change right it doesn't matter if the failure was was by six inches or a hundred yards but there needs to be change you should have gone down into trinidad and tobago and played to win that should be your mentality every time you play play to win I mean, and that's that, an attitude that needs to change. We can't have complacency. We should no. be dominating in this entire thing. We should be playing like Mexico, constantly dominating. Right. But we don't have and, that culture I mean, yet. To be and fair. And that comes from the top. To be fair. That doesn't come from the coach or the players even. It comes from the top. And to, to be fair, Mexico almost missed the 2014 World Cup. I mean, the be- best teams, the best teams don't often don't make it to the World Cup. Ask, ask Chile, ask the Netherlands. Chile missing the World Cup, 2018 World Cup, is a crime. And and that that is exactly my point. Argent Robin will never play in a World Cup. And just after. Netherlands was eliminated from qualifying, he retired from international football because he will never play in a World Cup again. And I'm I'm willing to bet you money that Chile and Netherlands are trying to figure out why they didn't make it. And I'm quite sure they're looking at it and figuring out what needs to change. I don't think the problem that 
we have to face is not so much that we have to worry about soccer culture. Anywhere, everywhere but the United States, pretty much, soccer culture is a lot more alive. You've got, I mean, Absolutely. Take, take, for example, you and I exchanged several messages about Iceland. The And by the way, Iceland, the official club of ASB 2018 World Cup coverage, we will be cheering for Iceland. But Iceland is a country the size of Corpus the suburb. Christi. Okay, that's the best one. I was going to use the suburb I grew up in in Chicago, but Corpus Christi is much more catchy. It's the size of Corpus. It's the population of Corpus Christi, but the, the, the size sm- of Texas. Right. And yet they have a league, not a great league, but they have a league and they have players that they have sent to pretty much everywhere in Europe who are playing quality football for a coach that is a dentist. And it's because they built pitches everywhere. They invested in low-level coaching so that kids in Iceland play the game, get good enough, and can go over to other academies in Europe. That's why Iceland made the the 2018 World Cup, and that's why everybody and their and, and that, mother should be got, cheering for them. And that's why they got so... That's why everybody loved them in the European Championship last year. And that's why everyone who should love them next summer in Russia. We need to be that club in 2022. We need to be the club that comes out and we've got a bunch of kids and a few leaders who love the game, want to play well, want to play with passion, and want to play for the for the supporters. Not because they're out there because they got called up. They want to work for it. And that means the, the, the kids that will play in the 2020 and 2021 World Cup qualifiers for the United States are already in the system. Mm-hmm. They're already in the system. Some of them played in, over in India just a few just last week. But we need these kids to have a better attitude. We need them to feel comfortable playing for the United States. And that's something they cannot do with Galati in charge. We need somebody that's going to change the system from the bottom up, make it fun to play for the U.S. soccer. There, there, there must be a sense, there has to be a sense of pride. Where, a sense wearing, of pride and urgency. And, and urgency. There has to be a a sense of pride wearing that jersey and standing for the the national anthem, which I know right now is a hot topic right now, which we won't get into, but there has to be a sense of pride playing for your country. And that's something that players in Europe strive their entire lives for. And it, to 
be able to play for the England English national team, the German national team, the French national team. That's for for a lot of a lot of kids. That is their dream to go from playing under seventeen, under twenty, to going to playing in academies, playing for your club, and being able to say that you play for club and country. And that starts at the bottom. That's the, that's that that's the sto- that's the story of this comeback is that's where we need to get the kids for 2026. The kids for 2026, 2026 is nine years from now. The kids that should play in the 2026 world cup. I I'm going to go out on a limb here and say 50% of them are 12 or 13 right now. Mm -hmm. They are playing for, under 13 clubs or they're trying to decide if they should stick with soccer or if they should start training to play football or basketball or baseball. And we need to give them a reason. The U the U S soccer needs to give them a reason, no hindrance, no extra money that their families have to pay. None of these hindrances so that they continue to play the beautiful game so that their top talent makes it, rises to the top and clubs in MLS and Europe can get a hold of them and make mold them into the players that need to play for US in 2026 and do it with passion not with and, I don't even the, know the, and what goes into that is how do we make I mean, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with football or basketball because you you should be able to play for the sport that you enjoy. But there shouldn't be a hindrance, is my point. Exactly. And that's exactly what we have in American soccer right now. In, In other countries, all you need to play soccer is a ball, and two things to make a goal. You don't. You don't even need a real goal. Like I played in. I played a pickup game in Haiti several years ago. They used two sandals to make the quote-unquote posts for the goal. That is all you need to play soccer. And and, and yet. We have the problem of getting the. We're gonna have the problem of getting kids in the door. Kids yeah. that could have won the World Cup for us in 2026 are quitting soccer because of this loss. Yes, I know because that's dark, but it's true. It, it is true because why would someone want to play for a team that's not good enough? Why would someone want to play for a team that has no heart and is so controversial? It's like. Not to get too political, but it's like wanting to be in politics right now. Mm-hmm. A lot of political minds, same thing, have gone the wayside because of how controversial everything has been in the past two years. And the thing is, 
if, say for example, Brazil had pay to play, we would never have the pleasure of watching Neymar. We that wouldn't w- have Liverpool and Barcelona. Is it Barcelona or Real Madrid? I always get the two of them mixed up. Say that one more time. Who's the one that's fighting for Coutinho? Barcelona. Barcelona. Right? Barcelona. We, we wouldn't have Barcelona trying to buy Coutinho from Liverpool. We wouldn't have these these kids that came from almost nothing to rise to international fame because they were discovered by a scout that was going through a country that that is known for producing talent, not just because they're Brazilian. It's because Brazilians play with heart. They play with passion. They come out and they play their hearts out. I mean, you can go to go to Brazil, and go to the the slums and favelas. There are not even pitches. They they basically just play on concrete and in the streets. You will see kids playing soccer everywhere, and they play because they love the game. And that's what we need here, and that and we need that we need that for them to be able to play it in ways that is convenient with minimal friction and competitive but also gives them opportunities for growth which includes and we can I'm quite sure you and I are going to draw up many many notes about this in the coming days and weeks because there's been a growing debate about this since then it's it's been the most dialogue I have ever seen about this. That we're going to complete... There's going to be change. And those changes are going to take effect soon. And I think that when the election happens in February, we're going to see a new leader be, take office in, as the head of USSF. God willing. God willing. And they are going to make sweeping changes on day one that we will be able to look back to in 2020 during the 2020 Olympics, the 2024 Olympics, the 2025 Confederations Cup, and the 2026 World Cup and say, this is where this all began. This is where the kids that were... 11 and 12 that are kicking balls in their backyards right now or the kids that are in high school that are playing for a traveling team or their high school this is where they they went to the next level this is where they went from being pulled out of I want to hear those stories that's what I'm looking forward to I want to hear the one story of the kid that nine years from now no. Nine yeah, nine yep. years from now is on the field when we take the field during the 2026 World Cup and says, "I was thinking about quitting soccer after the 2017 fiasco." But after what happened with the removal of pay to play and with advancements in pyramids, with advancements in coaching and 
com- competition, I stuck it out and I became a player that wanted to wear the badge. And those players come through the system and lead our team to victory. That's what I want to say. And, and you're absolutely right. I've stepped off my soapbox now. You, you you can't, those who are listening, you can't see the, but he basically just backed away from his mic. And now he's dropped it. It's on a stand, but whatever. And that's why we're here, right? And that, the, the question that we, we want to answer is, how do we get the general public about how do we get the general public excited about soccer? How do we get competition to be better? Yes. How, and how do we ultimately not just grow this game for the 2026 World Cup when men will be playing, but how do we grow the game for the women? How do we... How do we make sure that their leagues grow, that they make more money? They arguably right now the women should be making more than the men. Absolutely. We will talk three World Cups. Three World Cups. And we can't even qualify. Save it. Save it. We we will have many, many hours to talk about this. But right now, we this is what we need. This is what we're going to talk about. And in two weeks' time, I'm quite sure we'll get into... In fact, I'm going to promise we're going to talk about pay-to-play. And I'm going to give everybody an education on what exactly it is and why it needed to end years ago. Because, guys, Jurgen Klinsmann tried. And he failed because... Galati wouldn't let him. So, you want to take us out, my friend? Absolutely. Uh, this has been American Soccer Broadcast, and thank you for listening. Now you know why we're here, what we do, and why we do this. What? what? Well, well, how, how, how can the people talk to you, Jordan? Do, do, is there a Twitter the, that there, they can the, talk to? There is on? a Twitter. Uh, we'll, I'm on Twitter. We'll as... rant on Premier League or MLS or the upcoming friendly. Say it one more time. Will you? Will they be able to read about you ranting about oh, yeah. the upcoming I will friendly? Abs- absolutely. Be live tweeting. I live tweet most games. You know this. I know that, but the the lovely listeners don't know that. But, but they don't. You can follow me on Twitter as J Ray Hawkins. Um, I am on Instagram as Twenty One Jayhawk, and now Alex will tell you about his Twitter handles. If you can, if you can bear it, where I talk about much more than just the soccer, but mostly the soccer these days, because it's what we need to talk about as a society. I am at ghost 
underscore writer, R-E-I-T-E-R. I am also there on Instagram. Lots of pictures of sports as well. And his dog. Not a lot of pictures of Oscar lately. He was super sad about the World Cup, but nonetheless. And yeah, that's where I'm at. We also will have a Twitter soon. We haven't created it yet, so I honestly can't tell you what the handle is. But I will tell you about it as soon as I can. But we will be American Soccer Broadcast on Facebook. Thank you for listening and just remember, be good to each other and watch local soccer teams. That's that's what I want that, everybody that's, to that's, do. That's your homework. Support local soccer, whether that's MLS, NPSL, NESL. That's, that's what you can do. And there's also the American Outlaws. There's support the American outlaws even though they're <sighs> that was going to get depressing so I'm just going to say support the American outlaws it's okay it's okay also, also go watch college soccer ooh good call that's a go, whole other wa- debate go watch college soccer good I, know the, I know the big 10 championship is starting here pretty soon that's a good last word Jordan that's a good last word With that, we will say, go USA, and we are American Soccer Broadcast. Be excellent to each other.